and welcome to another edition of Top Rope Report. And here's your host, Mr. Trivia. All right, good evening, everyone, and welcome to another live edition of Top Rope Report here on Google Podcast, Spotify, and Facebook Live. I'm your host, the illustrious Mr. Trivia, and joining me as usual, my co-host, my tag team partner, my best friend, the best in the business, the Nugster Greg. Greg, what's happening? Not much. So, what's been going on there? A lot of news we got to report on WWE, and well, we'll get into that after we talk about our our Monday Night Raw recap here. So, whenever you're ready, we can get going. Hey, Tony, thanks for tuning in. Oh, all right. Well, um. Sorry, I had to adjust myself here. Um, Seth Rollins came down the ring to open up Monday Night Raw to talk about his um, injury and his immediate future with WWE. Trib? Yeah, I was surprised at uh, you know, what he had to say. He, you know, he's talking about his injury and how he's going to rehab it himself. And... Uh, Guess he's not going to take any time off, and you know, then we get a visit from Gunther, which really surprised me. I didn't expect him to come out, and uh, I think that's if, if they ever end up having that match, I think that's going to be an interesting type match. Sets up a lot of possibilities for other matches if that does happen. And uh, both guys went at it. You know, they were talking back and forth to each other. You know, Seth was like, hey, you know, if you guys are going to do what you got to do, then go right ahead. And Gunther was like, you know, you don't have uh... Yeah, we'll get into that later on, John. Um, you know, talking about how Seth has to worry about him, nobody else, because Gunther said he's going to win the Royal Rumble and come after Seth. So I really think that would be an interesting match if those two locked up. I enjoyed it. I gave it a B plus. Okay. Um... Yeah, well, I mean, he 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 didn't say that. Uh, the only thing that that Seth Rollins did say about everything was that he wasn't going to have surgery. Um, that doesn't mean he's not going to be out. That doesn't mean the next match we see Seth Rollins wrestle is at WrestleMania. He just said he's not doing surgery. Um. He doesn't want to be out the three to six months or four to six months that it would take to be out of action if he had surgery. Um, I I mean, he's he's taking a chance here. He's taking a real chance that yeah, a little rest, maybe the tear isn't as torn and he can go full blown. Um, come WrestleMania, but what type of damage is he going to do then? I mean, if he totally tears it, then he's got to get total reconstructive surgery, and then he could be out nine months. So is he just going to do enough to get through to get him through WrestleMania and then reassess? We'll just have to see what happens. But yeah, a surprise that Gunther came down. Um... Seth, I mean, he legitimately looked surprised. Um, he actually looked very emotional when he was talking about it. So you're kind of like, okay, 
is he going to say, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to miss WrestleMania? You saw the emotion in his face. So, I mean, the whole thing about it was, was really good. I'm not going to say great, but it was really good. I loved the interaction with Gunther. I thought for sure that, you know, when I, you know, that, that they listen, they listen to me every once in a while. And one thing I had said at our year-end awards is that I wanted more variations of stories. So it wasn't always just focused on one thing. And they've definitely been going around with that. Um, I like this a little bit more than you actually gave it an A-. minus. All right. John says Seth is going to take a ton of damage at WrestleMania because Gunther is going to beat, beat his ass to a pulp. <laughs> That's if it's Gunther. Right. After that, we then had um, the New Day attacked Imperium um, at the end of the segment there, which led us to our net, well, our first match of the night, which was the New Day um, taking on Imperium. Um, <sighs> disappointing is, is the word I'm going to use. Um, I don't know how many times I can say it. I hate these matches. It's like they give out participation trophies. Um, we're, we're never going to get a legitimate tag team champion until they let tag teams win matches. We're, it's just... And... and to have this one go to a double count out, okay, it shows how much these tag teams don't like each other. Um, I would have then thought that maybe we would have added this, a return match between the two tag teams at the Royal Rumble, giving us a fifth match, and then maybe add another one on SmackDown, giving us six matches. That would have been good, but no, it's just... You know, a count out, um, a little segment later on showed the New Day, you know, beaten and battered down backstage, talking about, you know, we're the, you know, second longest reigning tag team, blah, 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 blah. Um, for what we got in the match, it was okay. Um, disappointing in it, I'm going to give it a C plus. Oh, okay. I, um... I, I enjoyed this match. I mean, the New Day and Imperium, they were just knocking the shit out of each other. And, I mean, I agree with you 100% on, you know, having the, the tag teams not winning any matches. I mean, you know, the double countouts or... I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of it. Yeah, I mean, it just that, that just doesn't work for me anymore. I mean, let's get some clear-cut victories, pinfall victories, submission victories, and make the tag team seen a little bit more interesting. But I, I enjoyed this match. I thought it was really good. I gave it a B plus. Well yeah, I mean like I said, the match was okay. The match was good. It's just I'm tired of the same old result. You know, give me a freaking winner. I would rather see a cheap underhanded win by the heel tag team causing controversy than this double count out we're gonna fight out in the audience shit. I, I would. Right. After that, we then went to a singles matchup, 
where it was Ivy Nile going up against Valhalla. Trivia, what did you think of this match? Uh, I really didn't. I really didn't care too much for this match. I mean, Ivy Nile, she's still, you know, she's still kind of green in the ring. She's, you know, she's got a pretty good physique. Sarah Logan just doesn't seem to be the Sarah Logan she used to be when she was with uh, the Riot Squad because she's more into, you know, the valet managing part of it with Ivar and, um, God, the guy hasn't been around so long, I can't remember his name now. Her husband there. Um, but yeah, I, I really wasn't too into this match. I mean, yeah. you know, Ivy Nile got the win. Valhalla, you know, it's, I, I could have done without this match, really. Either way, I gave it a C. Okay. Um, well, Sarah's Logan's husband's name in WWE is Eric. You have Ivar and Eric, the uh, Viking Raiders. Um, and I think one thing that, that really came across in this, well, two things. One, if given the right opportunity, Ivy Nile could make um, a little statement on this roster. Um, I mean, personally, I think she's a stronger but smaller version of um oh my god my mind's went blank Zoe Stark um and she's just she's just a brick shit house I mean she is and the other thing is is Sarah Logan who's now Valhalla really um showed a lot of ring rust. She, she's just been, you know, the quote-unquote valet, whatever you want to call, um, of the Viking Raiders, and she doesn't wrestle often, and it showed in this match. Um, now, do I think that if they gave her some more work at the Performance Center, um, she could get back to where she was and potentially be, you know, a threat or, you know, a minor threat on the women's roster? Yes. Does she have the time to do that with an infant and an injured husband at home? Eh, probably not. Um, lucky enough, we get to see her on, you know, on, on Monday nights, and she probably is at some live events on the weekends, but then the other four days of the week, she's got to be at home doing motherly family stuff. So it is what it is. But, yeah, this match, there was nothing great about this match, nothing horrible about this match. Um, Ivy now won, which was, you know, the right thing, I guess. Um, I'll, I'll agree with your grade of a C. Okay. Well, Greg, before we go on to the next match, I just want to say if John Best is still watching, John, I hope, uh, I hope your son's doing well after his surgery. Yes. Uh, saw that. Tom Topper's report is, uh, wishing him the best and hope he's doing well. Okay. Um, after that, we had an in-ring promo from Nia Jax. Um, I get to lead us off with this one. Um, it was, you know, Nia Jax is on the ring. A couple of minutes into her being in the ring, if that, she got interrupted by Becky Lynch, who, uh, started talking to Nia Jax. Um, this was just a, uh, a Royal Rumble women's Royal Rumble match you know, um, teaser, I guess. 
And then they were both interrupted by Bailey, much to my surprise. Uh, didn't expect to see Bailey um, on Monday Night Raw. He, she literally said that she was there to see Rhea Ripley. Uh, but when she heard the two of them in the ring, she decided to come out. Then we got the little, you know, this and that and that and this, a little bit of physical altercation. And Nia Jax um, hit Becky Lynch with the clothesline. Mm, excuse me. Putting Becky Lynch over the top rope. Oh, no. She just got eliminated. And I was waiting for it. I was waiting for Michael Cole. I don't read call he said, but I was waiting Michael say, now if this was a Royal Rumble, Becky would have been eliminated like he always does building up to Royal Rumble, but I don't recall that he said that, or if he did or he didn't or did not, don't know. And then, you know, that was the end. Eh, okay. Um, wasted amount of minutes, whatever it was, five, six minutes total. The only thing it does was kind of tease the um, potential of Bailey being a serious consideration for winning the Royal Rumble, uh, putting all this focus on her on SmackDown, saying that she was going to win, and then her coming out on Raw kind of makes you think that, okay, she is one of the front runners if she wasn't before. But there was nothing right home about this. I gave it a C. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I can do without seeing Nia Jax on the microphone on Monday nights. I mean, she's she's really not that good. When Becky came out, you know, I expected a little bit more of an altercation. But like you said, you know, she got clotheslined over the top rope. And I was surprised to see Bailey as well because it was, you know, I said the same exact thing. What the hell is she doing on Monday Night Raw? And, you know, I, I totally agree with your comments there. You know, making her a possible serious contender to win the Royal Rumble wouldn't surprise me if she did. And, um, yeah, I just really didn't care too much for it. I gave it a C. Okay. After that, we then went to a singles matchup of The Miz versus Dirty Dominic Mysterio. Uh, Trib? Oh, The Miz versus Tom and Nick. Okay. Um... Yeah, this was a it was a, a decent match. I mean, you know, once again, interference on Judgment Day, which not all Judgment Day, JD McDonough and our truth came out, and it's just a thing where I mean, I'm really, I'm really liking Dom. I mean, the crowd is really after him, and he's he's improved a hundred times better than what I ever expected him to be in the ring. And he gave Miz all he could handle, and I, I enjoyed this match. I gave it a B-. minus. Okay. Uh, for a matchup of The Miz and what we've gotten out of Dominic Mysterio, I expected more out of this match. Um Sorry, I was just reading uh, the question. Um, yeah, it was it was just okay. I, I like I said, I expected more. Um, I, I was I was actually disappointed. Um, I, I mean, there's really not much more to say other than you know what you said already. 
you know, obviously being part of a group or a faction, there's always going to be some outside interaction from somebody not in, in the match. I, I kind of expected DIY to come down with the Miz just to kind of, you know, quote unquote, have his back. But uh, I guess they had other plans that day for him. And uh, yeah, I, I gave this match a C. Scott, we'll get into that um, later on. What do you guys think of Monday Night Raw on Netflix? We'll definitely be talking about that. So. Okay. After that, we then went to a singles matchup of Chad Gable versus Ivar. I lead off for this one. This was this was a pretty good match. Uh, some it just I'm just amazed at some of the things that Chad Gable was able to do in the ring, um, and and things that he did in the ring to Ivar, a you know 400 pound man, and you know that uh, you know German suplex where you you know you can tell when sometimes when one competitor helps the other competitor with a move, and but. He picked him up and slowly picked him up and slowly German, you know, German suplexed him over. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Uh, Ivar winning, eh, uh, eh. I mean, he wins one week and then he loses. He loses to Tazawa, but he beats Chad Gable after he had beaten Otis. So what's going to happen next week? Is he going to take on Maxine in an intergender match and lose? I, I, I just I just don't get it. I don't know. Um, the 50-50 booking has always annoyed me and always will. But I did enjoy this match. I'll give it a B. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Chad Gable, is, I mean, for a guy his size, he's tremendously strong. And to give a man the size of Ivar a German suplex like that. And, you know, like you said, he did it slowly and that took all power. So he's definitely, uh, he, he definitely can prove that he can, uh, he can hang with the big boys on Monday Night Raw. Definitely. I mean, he's always been a great talent, always been a good wrestler, but just to see his strength and his size is just amazing. Um, I enjoyed the match. I gave it a B minus. Okay. And then after that, we went into a little old in-ring promo featuring Cody Rhodes and CM Punk. Trivia, what'd you think? I loved it. I loved this. This was, I mean, if it wasn't for Drew and Damian being in the main event, I mean, this was a highlight. This was really, really good. Um, I think this opens up the, the doors, like you said, you know, possibility for more Fuse more possible matches. I wouldn't be surprised to see this match coming up in the distant future. Um, it was just, it was just amazing how, um, you know, how CM Punk was like, "Well, I'm really the American Dream," and then Cody Rhodes comes back, "Well, well, I'm more CM Punk than you are," and it was, it was just total awesome promo between the two of them. I mean, they, they really got down to, to business with that and just to see the two of them nose to nose at the end you know it's like well i wonder what tony khan was thinking about that you know but um 
I really enjoyed that. I gave it an A. Okay. Um, uh, let me let me start off by saying that I, I've never been a huge fan of Cody Rhodes. I I don't like the kindler, gentler CM Punk. So right off the bat, them promoting that these two were going to be in the ring together face-to-face, I, I wasn't excited about it at all. After the promo, I'm saying, give me more. I need more. That was, in my opinion, the best face-to-face promo I've seen in WWE in years. All respect to everybody else. I mean, to a Seth Rollins, to everybody else that's great on the mic, Kevin Owens, The Miz. This was, in once again, in my opinion, the best in-ring promo between two wrestlers that I've seen in years. I loved every second of it. I mean, from the story that CM Punk that nobody's ever heard, that Dusty told him to keep an eye on his boy, and he says, you know, when Dusty Rhodes asks you for a favor, you grant that favor. And then, like you said, to everything else they said after that, it, it makes you want to see this matchup. Um, yeah, I, I gave this an A-plus all the way. I absolutely loved it. Um, and then after that, they kept the ball rolling, um, and they went to a women's tag team matchup of Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae versus Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark. So just when you thought the show couldn't get any better, um, they do this to you. Uh, um, the women's tag teams were ringside watching the match. Um, not on commentary, not sitting in chairs, commenting on, I, I guess they, I mean, I, you don't really hear the two of them talk much. That would be the only thing about them that you could say is a negative. They're a great tag team together. But as, as for the, 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 the match, the tag team match, it was just like a subplot to what this. Oh wow, you're just big ass yawn there. Just thinking about this match. Just thinking about this match is putting shit to sleep. Um, it, so the match really just was like the subplot to potential tag teams to go up against the tag team champions because the real. Part of this was after the match was over when they went into the ring, they got jumped by the Kabuki Warriors. Um, they have a match with the Kabuki Warriors on Friday Night SmackDown. Who knows if that's going to you know, turn into a, a title change. What's going to happen? Don't know. I, I don't think it's going to, but, you know... <laughs> The match itself was just, I mean, it was Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae. You know, Zoe Stark is probably the best wrestler of the group. Um, And I just, you know, it was just, eh, I gave it a C-. 
Okay, that's exactly the same grade I gave. I mean, Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae, I mean, they're, they're not a tag team that was thrown together. They, they've tag team they've tag teamed before, but they just don't seem to be getting any better. I mean, Indy Hartwell, uh, I still see... I still see a little NXT performance in her. Candice LeRae, she's, I've never been a big Candice LeRae fan. Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark, I really think that's a good tag team. Uh, I think they'll make some noise in the women's tag team division. I'm not saying that they're going to be champions right off the bat. I mean, eventually they'll probably get in the ring with um, the champions eventually. But I just thought it was a, a, a real bad match. I gave it a C- minus as well. Okay. And then after that, we then went to the main event of the evening where it was Damian Priest, sorry, got itchy head, going up against Drew McIntyre. Trib, you lead us off. I, I enjoyed this match. This match had uh, a lot of what I expected. Uh, both guys hard-hitting match. I mean, a hard-hitting match is a Glasgow kiss. That's still pretty dangerous in my, in my opinion. I mean, Damian Priest is just, I think Damian Priest is just getting better and better every time I see him in a singles match. You know, granted, we know he's half of the tag team champions, but um, I really thought this, excuse me, I really thought this was a good match. They didn't disappoint by making this the main event. I just, I thought it was real good. Drew showed his strength side and Damian Priest showed his strength side. So I, I really enjoyed this match. I gave it a B plus. Okay. Uh yeah, I mean it was a good match. It was a good match. I mean, some of the things that uh you know about this match you expected it, it to be a hard hitting, powerful match. You know, that I was talking with you that, that one move that Damian Priest did where he he like popped off the middle rope and flipped over. I mean the man's been known to have back issues on and off. Um, from even his time, his days in NXT, and for him to do something like that is just crazy. Uh, and, and but it worked. It worked very well. It, it, you know, you didn't disappoint. It was action packed. It was hard hitting. You know, our truth coming down and trying to give Damian Priest more of his quote unquote his cut of the bootleg T-shirt sales and tell him he's going to put it in his briefcase for him, but couldn't figure out how to open it. It just it, you know, our truth is just great. He really is. Uh, and it was an enjoyable match. Besides that, um, I'm going to give it a B, solid B. Uh, All right. Overall, not as good as the past couple Monday Night Raws. There are a few too many, you know, average to just slightly below average matches for me. I'm going to give it a low B minus. Plus, I, I thought that there was some of the some of the good matches that outweighed the C's and the C minuses that I gave. The Cody home promo just took my grade a little yeah. bit higher for the entire show. I, I gave it a B plus. I thought I thought it was good. Okay. So, all right. All right. That's our Monday Night Raw recap. Now, this is the part of the show I've been waiting to talk about. <laughs> this here is. Nuggies news. So, Greg, the floor is all, all yours, right. my friend. All right. Well, hopefully it's a big floor because there's a lot of news that's happened, um, I mean, just in the last day or two. 
uh, besides my normal bit of Nuggies news. So let's 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 get into the nuts and bolts of it right off the bat. Um, WWE Raw being sold to Netflix for the rights to broadcast on Netflix for five billion dollars for the next ten years. Um, let's get into a little bit of the nuts and bolts about it. It is a 10-year deal, so $500 million a year for 10 years. WWE does have an out clause after five years where it can renegotiate with other buyers. So if it's a great success on Netflix and Amazon comes in and says, you know what, or Disney slash Hulu live TV comes in and says, you know what, we really want to take this they can outbid Netflix to take it from WWE. WWE can't renegotiate with Netflix for a better deal. The deal is locked in. After five years, if they say, no, we're staying with Netflix, after year six, they can't. Year seven, they can't. They have a buyout after five. I don't know how much of the money, if any, they have to get back to Netflix because usually in a buyout, that's what you have to do. But that I, I haven't seen or heard anywhere. What's going to be on Netflix is WWE Raw. There's no guarantee it's going to be kept on Mondays. The only guarantee is that it will still be a three-hour program. And it'll contain the Raw superstars. Um, it will be, um, commercial free. It'll be live. It won't be taped. It won't be anything with the exception of, you know, maybe a holiday or whatever, where they would normally pre-tape it like they do. Uh, if they're over in London, sometimes they pre-tape it and show it at eight o'clock and maybe that'll be the aspect of it, but it'll still be live TV. It'll be, once again, commercial-free. They'll probably, Netflix will be gearing up to live TV programming. And I'm sure they'll have like a Hulu or Peacock where you can buy it ad-free. Where, you know, if you're watching a premium live event on Peacock and you have Premium Plus or Peacock Premium or whatever it is, you know, they even say, you know, for those of you that have Peacock Premium, you, you know, See this, and they show you a WWE story or something, as where others watch ads. I'm sure Netflix will add that as well. All your premium live events, those will still in, you know, continentally and in Saudi Arabia, those will still be on Peacock. The exclusive WWE content will still be on Peacock. They're they're. Deals that they have with A&E will still be on A&E. You know, the Dark Side of the Ring and WWE Legends and Rivals, those will still be on A&E. Any international um, product that WWE produces, premium live events, just like this year, the premium live event that is going to be in Perth, Australia. If this were in 2025, that would be on Netflix. Uh, Bash in Berlin, that would be on Netflix. 
uh, Last Year's Illumination Chamber. That would have been on Netflix. Um, that's pretty much the ins and the outs. So, Triv, what do you think about, well, like I said, we'll still call it Monday Night Raw for now. But what do you think about Monday Night Raw going to a streaming service such as Netflix? Well, I was just going to ask you what did you think the pros and cons were of it. But um, I think, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that I'm sure have Netflix. And, you know, it's one of these things where because I believe because you have Netflix, that doesn't mean when WWE Raw goes on Netflix, you're going to automatically see it. I believe you have to pay for that. No. Um, no. no. You'll automatically see no. it? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it, it, it could be good. I mean, it, it's, I'm sure it's going to get a lot more. It might get a lot more viewership for people who don't have Netflix and who might be interested in wanting to, you know, get Netflix and check out WWE Raw. I mean, I think it's, I mean, the money aspect of it was amazing. And if they can, uh, if they have a, an opt-out after five years, I mean, I don't know. I think um, Netflix will probably do everything they can to, to keep it there for the full five, you know, for the full 10 years and not have them opt-out after five. The commercial free is a good thing. But I just, I just think it, it, it could be pretty good for the viewer. Okay. Um Currently, there are 260 million Netflix subscribers. Um, now, that that's I believe that's worldwide because Netflix isn't just something in the United States. Um, but even if it is just the United States. Let me just do this real quick. Uh, population. There's approximately 335 billion. Let's say 336 billion people. In the United States. Yeah, well, so 260 million people is in a large percentage. It's about 8% um, of the population are Netflix subscribers. Um, so, I, I mean, is it a good thing for WWE? For WWE, yes, because it's $5 billion in their pocket. Is it good for Tom and Joe subscriber or, you know, cable watcher in Midwest in Nebraska and Wyoming where they don't really, they're out in the middle of nowhere. They don't really get cable, you know, per se. They have to use satellite dishes and are they even able to, get strong connection, uh, you know, for regular Joe and 
Jane American, and I don't know how good of a deal this is. I mean, it's $15 a month for Netflix, and that's for each subscriber. So, I mean, for instance, uh, you know, hopefully the uh, FAA or whatever, FCC or whatever it is, isn't uh, listening to this right now, but I share my streaming accounts with others. Well, that ain't going to be able to happen with Netflix. Um, so, in, in certain situations, you're, you could lose viewers. And, and I hope they're ready for that. I, I don't know that they're going to still get, you know, 1.5 viewers on a Monday night through Netflix to watch, you know, whatever night Raw it is. Um, I think for your... Die hard WWE fans, it's going to work out good. It, it, it'll be on Netflix. So, like, <laughs> when the crowd is yelling, holy shit, holy shit, you'll hear, holy shit, holy shit, you won't hear, holy, 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 you know, because it's on Netflix. Right. So, I mean,. It's got its good. It's you know you take the good, you take the bad, you take them all, and that's the facts of life, as the uh, song would be. But uh, now, Greg, you had mentioned before that if they that they might be thinking about not having it on Mondays again because of the competition with Monday Night Football. Well, no, 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 no. I, I mean, kind of, sort of, but I, I, I saw an interview with Nick Khan on the Pat McAfee show talking about it. And he was asked by one of the panelists that, that Pat McAfee has as to whether or not it would stay on Mondays. And he said they have 10 and a half months to decide. Um, they need to know by December 1st what day Netflix plans on showing Raw. Um, but he said things you have to take into con- that have to be taken into consideration is the competition that's on Monday nights throughout the entire football season. And then you have the college, you know, the NFL added two Monday night games during the playoffs, which they never had before. You have the college football national championship on a Monday night. You have March Madness that ends on a Monday night. So there's a lot of competition on a Monday night. So, they're very confident, WWE is very confident, that their viewership will stay the same, if not increase, on Netflix, no matter what night of the week they do it on. But okay. Netflix may look at the competition they have on a Monday and move it to another night. Okay. Well, we'll just have to see what... Uh... Netflix and WWE are going to come to a yep. terms so, so we have day. we have Monday Night Raw going to Netflix in October of this year, 2024. We have NXT going to the CW, and then in October of 2024, we have SmackDown going to USA. Um, the move from USA to Netflix doesn't happen until January. I, I don't know 
why the extra three months, you know, why they couldn't go October. Um, I got a feeling it has to do with their having to potentially rebuild their streaming platform to do live TV. I don't know if there's other things they're going to try and, and loop in um, to be able to do live TV. Who knows? Maybe Netflix comes out with a, a YouTube TV or Hulu plus live TV streaming service. Who knows? Um, a lot of that will have to be, you know, left up in the air for later. All right. So I uh, read an article um, or saw an article in reference that that the um, – where is it here? Where is it? Oh, okay. That came out from Sports Illustrated. So, I mean, how much Sports Illustrated knows about the wrestling world? Okay, who knows? But it, it's not WrestleMania or, you know, one of these. Let's just throw shit at the wall and see what people think. Um, they are reportedly reported, um, according to Justin Barrasco of Sports Illustrated, as of right now. There is no plan in place. And this is coming from a source very close to Triple H that Cody Rhodes will not finish his story at this year's WrestleMania. So, with that being said, Looking at night two, the overall main event of WrestleMania being probably the biggest match we've seen in WrestleMania, potentially in the history of WrestleMania. Um, and that would be The Rock versus Roman Reigns for control of the head of the table. So where does that leave the trio of Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes, and CM Punk. So I'm going to bounce something off of your forehead um, and, and see what you think. What would you say... Now, right now, odds-on favorites to win a Royal Rumble, the two highest odds to win, um, actually the three highest odds the last I saw in order were CM Punk, Cody Rhodes, and The Rock. Um, but after what I saw on Monday Night Raw, what would you say if the main event of Night 2, once again, The Rock versus Roman, we then have a matchup of... Cody Rhodes versus CM Punk and then a passing of the torch with the World Heavyweight Champion Seth Rollins main eventing night one against Gunther. That would be the most phenomenal WrestleMania in the history of all wrestling, of any kind of wrestling. Okay. That would be the thing. I mean, I was expecting 
when I saw Gunther come out, I was expecting something that they're going to work, because I've read it somewhere that it's going to be, that they want CM Punk. When I heard about Cody Rhodes not finishing his story, CM Punk against Cody Rhodes, because that promo that they had could possibly lead up to those two in a match. And then with Seth Rollins and Gunther face-to-face, I believe that that is going to lead up to a match between them two as well. And what better way to do it at WrestleMania, which I think they're probably going to have Gunther win the Royal Rumble. So this way he'll... I mean, either way, whether he wins the Royal Rumble or doesn't win the Royal Rumble, I still think we're going to see Seth against Gunther. But if Gunther wins the Royal Rumble, he's just he made it clear he's going to automatically challenge Seth Rollins. Right. And I think this gives you... With that promo, this gives you another, quote-unquote, not-so-obvious choice to win the Royal Rumble. At the very least, it's got you talking or thinking that there's a legitimate possibility that Gunther could win the Royal Rumble. So then I guess the question you ask is, where does this leave Drew McIntyre? I know. You know, so it's like, okay, just when you think, okay, you know, two months ago, you're thinking, you know, um, before Jinder Mahal gets interrupted by The Rock, even coming into that Monday Night Raw, you're thinking, okay, night one is Seth and and, uh, CM Punk, and night two is Roman and Cody. And then Rock inter- you know, interjection, okay, well, where does this leave Cody? And now we throw Gunther in, and now we have three matches. Where does that leave Drew McIntyre? I think this is going to be one of the most interesting and exciting buildups for WrestleMania we've seen in a long time. I really do. And plus, uh, WWE has also been noted for their triple threat matches, too. Yeah, but I mean, which which ones? Where would you put a triple threat match? Would you throw Drew McIntyre in a triple threat match with Gunther and Seth Rollins? Yep. Is that what you're referring to? Yep. Okay. Because he's 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 had issues with Seth Rollins. Uh, he's had a match with Gunther, and I just I just think that if they're gonna, I mean, sure, he's had his match with. Uh, Roman as well, mm-hmm. which he which he got robbed out of. But I think you'll if they do a triple threat match, it will be with Gunther and Seth. So what if we come up with a different feud um, for Drew McIntyre? Uh, I mean, as of right now, Drew McIntyre it has not been confirmed or not as whether or not Drew McIntyre's re-signed with WWE or extended a contract. Uh, last I knew and last I've heard, his contract expires shortly after WrestleMania. So what if somebody eliminates Drew McIntyre in the Royal Rumble, uh, causing a little feud, and say that somebody by the name of Sheamus. Sheamus okay. makes yeah. return in the Royal Rumble, eliminates Drew McIntyre, um, and then you could even say right then and there, Drew McIntyre jumps up back on a ring apron and then somehow 
eliminate Sheamus as well. You know, pulls him back over the rope, something like that. And that way you can give them both a marquee matchup at WrestleMania. And then hopefully they will have re-signed one or two of them and they can continue something. If not, then, you know, who knows? Maybe you make it a, you know, loser leaves WWE and it's, it's a double disqualification and they both leave. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I can see that happening. Okay. Um, I'm going to bounce some names off of you. And um, I, I pulled up an article of this person's my top five Royal Rumble surprise entrance. And I'm just going to give you the list of five. And in true Nuggets news fashion, give me your opinion on likelihood and excitement level. Okay. Okay. First one they give is a returning from injury, Liv Morgan. Um, excited, I would say seven. Okay. Like likelihood, about the same, about seven. Okay. Um, excitement level, I think just because the women's division needs some um, interjection of um, experience and talent and fan, fandom, um, I'd say excitement level, I'd give it about an eight. Um, likelihood, I as long as everything that I've read, her injury is good and done with, they were just kind of waiting to see what was going on with that little marijuana issue she had down in Florida. Um, for those of you that don't know, that that's just been booted out. No issue. She's done with that. Um, next one they get, kind of a spoiler. I just mentioned his name, Seamus. Uh, likelihood, I'll say a nine. Uh, excitement level, eight. Okay, I'll totally agree. Totally agree. Um, now, these next three, um, they actually do this one and or. So I'm going to do, so number three is an and or. Okay. Naomi slash Trinity for two and or Mercedes Monet slash Sasha Banks. Uh, likelihood for Naomi. Well, see, I don't know what her status is in TNA. Okay, she just dropped her title in TNA because her contract expired. Okay. Uh, thank you. Um... I would say her likelihood that would probably be seven and a half. Excitement level for me, six. Okay. Um, I, and you know what? I'm going to totally agree with that for her. Um, likelihood just with the fact that, once again, WWE needs experienced, likable slash hateable wrestlers in the division. Um, I'll say seven, I'll say eight likelihood and an exciting left for me to be five because I really don't like her. 
Um, okay. And then Sasha Banks. Likelihood for me, I would say likelihood about a four. Excitement level, seven and a half. Okay. Um, I'm going to go a little bit less and a little bit more. Um, likelihood, I'm going to say a three. It's kind of one of those, I'll believe it when I see it. Excitement level for me would be on the cusp of seeing CM Punk at the end of Survivor Series. It might slide back over just a little bit. There you go. Um, Sorry. No, it's okay. It, it, I mean, I would, I would love it, and especially if there was a reunited, reuniting with Bailey for the Boston Hug Connection after Bailey gets bounced out of damage control. Um, get me back that legitimate tag team. Um, next one they have another woman, AJ Lee. Likelihood, nine. Excitement level, eight and a half. Okay. Um, likelihood, I'd actually go a little bit lower. Um, I'd go down to a seven. Excitement level, 9.5. I mean, she was my first um, Little Miss Bliss. Um, Absolutely adored and loved everything about AJ Lee and kind of found Alexa Bliss to fill in that void. And then the last one they have, to me, is the most far-fetched one. Um, And I'll say likelihood, a two- and an excitement level of a negative 748.5, Ken Shamrock. Likelihood zero. Mike, you gotta you keep going over off camera. Likelihood zero. Excitement level one. Wow, you'd have Three. that you'd be that excited to see Ken Shamrock? <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, oh okay, yay. <laughs> Um, another little, a couple little other little quick tidbits of news. Um, the Rock, um, was officially named a board member of WWE's parent company, TKO, and now obtains the trademark to his name, The Rock. Um... Just if you don't understand, he doesn't own, WWE didn't release the trademark name of The Rock. Um, Like I think, if I remember correctly, that douchebag Ryback, um, he's gotten his, WWE's released the trademark to Ryback so he can use that name. WWE still owns the name The Rock. But because um, The Rock or Dwayne Johnson became a board member, he obtains the right to use that trademark name. So he can now be on, you know, acting credits could be Dwayne The Rock Johnson 
a non WWE um it you know ventures you know his movies if whatever if he does a another Jumanji movie or whatever he can go by the name Dwayne the Rock Johnson um before the only time he could use Dwayne the Rock Johnson is if it was a WWE produced venture um the the movie Young the the TV show Young Rock and some of his earlier movies Walking Tall that that he was in where he was able to be called Dwayne the Rock Johnson because WWE had their hands in the pockets of those movie studios and I think um. Okay, one other little quick note. Um, watching the Nick Khan interview on the Pat McAfee show. So when Nick Khan was on the Pat McAfee show, I mean, he gave some some insight as to you know business meetings and ongoing and and how he was literally actually recruited to the WWE by Triple H. He was you know he uh, went actually on Wheel of Fortune to get money for college, to become a lawyer, became a lawyer, then became an agent. He was uh, had some dealings with, with things, and there was a meeting between Triple H and Nick Khan before Nick Khan was involved in the WWE, and, and a match idea was pitched because Nick Khan indirectly was dealing with a a former college football star, NFL quarterback turned baseball player in the name of Tim Tebow. So he, I mean, he wasn't directly Tim Tebow's agent, but he, he helped out with Tim Tebow. So a match was pitched between a WWE superstar and Tim Tebow. This match <laughs> that was suggested and kind of fell apart at the last minute would have put Tim Tebow in a WWE, I think it was E at that point, wrestling ring with the Big Show. <laughs> Good thing for Tim Tebow that that, that whole thing fell through. Because I don't know that Tim. I mean, yes, he's he's an athlete. He really is, and and we saw we've seen with people that aren't professional wrestlers that are athletic. Um, I mean, Bad Bunny, Logan Paul, just to name a couple that can pull off wrestling matches. So yeah, he would have survived, but I think he would have been a little sore for a couple of days. Um, yeah, I mean, no, had to had to get a couple couple Hail Marys and uh, went home to the rosary beads. But that, I mean, I have a ton more. I can probably go on for another half hour to 40 minutes with everything I have here. But I think we've done long enough today. So trivia, what's going on with some independent shows? Well, before I get to the independent news, I just want to say I was watching a TikTok video a couple nights ago. And there's a lot of people out there who still believe that wrestling is fake. 
Well, we all know it's scripted, choreographed, whatever. There was a video I saw of Nick Hogan getting pulled over by the police. I don't know if you saw it or not, Greg. No. His father pulled up, Hulk Hogan pulled up, to talk to the cops about what had happened. Greg, what a sad-looking sight he, he has become. Granted, I understand he's 70 years old. I understand it. But his 24-inch pythons have now turned into five-inch earthworms. He's walking with a cane. He's walking all hunched over. The man is in really, really bad shape. Physically, I, mean, I would agree. But mentally, no. Yeah. If you no, hear him talk and you hear things, he's quick as a whip and as energetic as ever. It's just, yeah, at 70 years of age, his body's starting to let him down. I mean, physically, he is in... I mean, when I saw him, still got the long hair, still got the mustache, but seeing him walk back to his truck with the cane like this and all hunched over, it's like, here's a man that I I watched for 20-some-odd years rule the WWE when he was champion. The big gun, the big arms, the... Training, saying your prayers, eating your vitamins, all that stuff. And now the man has just gone down to nothing. And it's real sad to see because that's what happens in that kind of business. He's had so many back surgeries and so many ankle surgeries and leg surgeries and this, that, and the other thing. I mean, I just wanted to get that out there. I think, you know, if you people think it's fake, then, you know, talk to him. Talk to Owen Hart's family. They'll, they'll talk to you if it's fake or not. But some of the indie news I've already mentioned before, but I'll mention it again because the matches have not started yet, is um, Test of Strength Wrestling. Training day at the Test of Strength Dojo. That's 87 Church Street, East Hartford, Connecticut. That will be February 4th. General admission will be $10. So you definitely want to check that out. Also, Coliseum Pro Wrestling presents Redemption, February 10th at the Elks Club, at the West Haven Elks Club, 265 Main Street, West Haven, Connecticut. Uh, They got got some good matches there. Sunset Steve Garcia will battle the Red Lion, Chris Battle. Chris Cage will battle Tahir James. The Junior Championship... The junior champion, Tony Lenda, will be on the card. Also, Prince Prince Ames versus Chris Taylor. And the Vetrano brothers. Boy, do they have an uphill battle in their tag team match. As they go against one of my favorites, and probably one of yours too, Greg, the House of Pain. The Vetrano brothers, I don't want to, I don't envy them right now. So those are the two Matt, those are the two shows that I have for the uh, on the indie scene right now. So you definitely want to check those out. February fourth, TOS Test of Strength Dojo presents Training Day, and Coliseum, excuse me, Coliseum Pro Wrestling presents Redemption February tenth at the West Haven, excuse me, at the West Haven Elks Club. Okay, so now we're going to get into our NXT recap. From last night's show. Hold on one second. Sure. I just had a little something pop up here. 
Yeah, I just sorry, just they uh pulled up something that was updated odds for the Royal Rumble. Um and Gunther's now listed ahead of the rock. Um it's still CM Punk is the favorite at plus one twenty five, Cody Rhodes at plus two hundred. But Gunther, who was a plus 1,000, is now a plus 300. Okay. Um, women's, the odds-on favorite now is plus one, 135. Bailey, Becky, plus 200. Jay Cargill, and plus 300. All righty. They actually have Sasha Banks at plus 1,200. Better odds than Asuka. <laughs> But, yeah, sorry, I just had an article pull up and I had a notification, so. All right. All right. So, NXT. Yes. Okay. Started off, started off with the semifinals of the tournament. Yep. Who's going first? You are. Okay. All right. Well, as as trivia said, we had the first semifinal match of the Dusty Classic. It was Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin taking on Nathan Fraser and Axiom. Uh, this this was a this was a, a really good match. Um, it was a lot better of a match than I thought it was gonna be. It was actually a pretty long match too. Uh, I think it went through two segments, which is not that usual for an NXT show. And, uh, you know, I kind of figured that it was, I I thought it would go one of two ways. One, either it was going to be obvious that Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin couldn't get along. And there was going to be maybe a, a missed spear as you know, Braun Breaker goes to spear Axum or whatever, and he moves and hits Baron Corbin, or it was just going to be a total just wipe him out, smush him out, smudge him like a bug on a windshield, and it was neither. This was a, a very good, a physical um, match on Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin's side, and then a fast, quick-looking match on Axum Nathan Frazier. Uh, there were definitely points in the match you thought maybe Axum Nathan Frazier could pull it off, but in the end, they were out-muscled and outpowered, and we got our victors in Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin. Um, once again, loved everything about this match. It was a great way to start off NXT. I gave it a B plus. I, I definitely agree. When I, when I first saw Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin teaming up in the Dusty Classic, it was like, wow, there's a team that could possibly win it all. And, you know, like you said, that match was real good. You, you had speed versus power. Speed almost overcame power. But Braun Breaker, I thought he killed Nathan Frazier when he gave him that, that spear. I mean, he, he took him out of his boots. Yeah. And... They're they're going to be tough to beat when it comes to when it comes to the finals, and I really like you said I enjoyed this match. I agree. It's definitely it was definitely a great way to start off NXT and a great way to start off the Dusty Cup tournament. 
I gave it a B plus as well. Well, they didn't start off the tournament. It was the semifinals. Well, I started off that that night with the with the match for the tournament the tournament match. Oh, okay. Um, is it me or does Baron Corbin look like he needs to start to get on that uh, ab machine or so? He's starting to look a little bit more of a of a dad bod. Um, definitely more of a dad bod than he had when. Uh, than he than he has now than when he was on the main roster. Yep. After that, we then went to a singles matchup as it was Lash Legend going up against Ren Sinclair. Triv, what did you think of this match? Well, like I said to you when we spoke off the air before the show, I really don't remember much about Ren Sinclair. Um, Lash Legend. Uh, there, there could be something there with her. I mean, she's a big woman. I mean, she, she does have a little bit of wrestling ability, not much. But I see, I, if, I mean, if they work with her at the performance center and they keep working with her in NXT, I, I think they might have something with her. But I did really didn't care too much for this match. Like I said, I never really knew much about Ren Sinclair. I gave the match a C, a C minus. Okay. Uh, generous, great. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Lash Legend has been around for a little bit of a time, and she's shown no improvements at all from what I see. I, I, I think I she's going to have to really put in a lot of serious work if they're going to bring her up to the main roster. I, I really, I, I don't think they will. Um, I think she's destined to be an NXT figure for, for a long time, if that, but you know, this, this friend Sinclair, she was, um, the person that was in the match with Cora Jade when Cora Jade had her ACL injury and they replaced Cora Jade's spot in last week's. Um, number one contenders battle royal slash fatal forty match with Ren Sinclair, who eliminated Last Legend. That's what led to this match, and it, it it wasn't that good. It I mean the only thing that you got out of this match that Fallon Henley is definitely on an upswing, and she came out to make the post match save or whatever it was um, when. You know, all of metaphor was kind of back and run down. You know, once again, Fallon Henley came out to make the save. And, uh, yeah, it, this was just, uh, you know, you, you start off with such a good match and then you plummet down to this. Maybe if this match was later in the show and not after such a good match, I would have liked it a little bit more, but I give this a D as a dog. In the women's rumble? No. Okay. No. Um, All right. After that, we then went to what was supposed to be um, a matchup of Dijak versus Joe Gacy. Um, this, I mean, this, it was a matchup that never really began. Uh, Joe Gacy was already in the ring when Dijak came out after the commercial break. 
and Joe Gacy attacked Ijack. Um, they fought and they fought. Um, Dijak did a, 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 I guess you can say like a spinning heel kick that I guess Joe Gacy wasn't in the right spot because he then had to throw himself back a couple steps through the NXT. I call it a piece of cardboard that they have there in the corner. I, I still don't know what that thing is for. Um, but then Josie got up, Joe Gacy got up with the wild eyes and attacked Dijak again, who then put him down again through the, through the announcer's table and Dijak got up and then Joe Gacy got up a minute or two after that, big, big old wild eyes. And they just beat the shit out of each other. Basically never got off into a fight. Obviously this is going to lead to a, some type, I think some type of stipulation match at, um, what is it, New Year's Vengeance, NXT Vengeance, whatever they call yeah. it, um, St. Vengeance Day, I don't know. But their next premium live event they'll have, I, I think it's on a Saturday or a Sunday, I don't know, it could be on a Tuesday because NXT does that as well. Um, I really hadn't paid much attention to the date that they're doing it on, so I think it'll be some type of you know match there. And, uh, yeah, Joe Gacy's just been very, very weird since the splitting up of uh, the dyad. And actually, before that, I, I should have mentioned, before that, they had a little backstage thing real quick where you saw Ava coming out of Shawn Michaels' office. And then outcome from there was William Regal who congratulated Ava on becoming the youngest general manager in WWE history. Um, so any surprise that at the age of 22 and the day after The Rock gets named to the board of directors for TKO, that Ava is put in this prominent position? Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. I don't know. Um, but yeah, um, and she's not that good on the mic, so I don't know what good it is, but whatever. Um, she, de but she's only 22. She's only 22. She's got plenty of time. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I appreciated everything that went on with this segment and everything, the beatdowns and, and how they kept going after each other. Um, once again, Dijak smothering or smushing Joe Gacy twice. I I'm going to give it a B minus. Okay. Yeah. I, that's the grade that I gave it after I thought about it. And I originally gave it an incomplete because the match never started. But then I realized after what I saw, yeah, these guys were just knocking the bejesus out of each other. And I think this is going to be an interesting match of vengeance day for these two. And, uh, you know, Gacy is just, he's just a wackadoo. I mean, the looks that he gives and Dijak, I mean, uh, I don't know. The man's like 6'7", six, 6'8", six, and he just doesn't use his height. I don't think to his advantage that much, but I'll go with a B-. minus. Okay. <clears throat> um, we had a, a stupid segment, and it, it, it had to do with Mr. Stone and Von Wagner um, 
and I guess, you know, he was training in, in um, Mr. Stone was training Von Wagner in Von Wagner's own old stomping ground, the FBC Mortgage Stadium, to prepare for his big, <laughs> oh, excuse me, matchup against Noam Dar. Woohoo! Yeah, really. Uh, we then went to a singles matchup where it was Lexus King taking on Trey Bearhill. Mr. Trivia, what'd you think of this? Uh, I thought it was okay. I mean, I see more and more of Brian Pillman in Lexus King more and more every week. Um, that Bear Hill, you can tell he's still kind of green. But he's, he's a tough guy. I mean, he I think he, uh, with a little bit more seasoning, he can handle his own in the ring. I, I think he's uh, he might have a decent future. Lexus King, he, like I said, I, I, more and more each week I see his more of his father in his demeanor and everything because his father was one of the best back in the day. And, you know, he was just – a loose cannon, they used to call him. So I see Lexus King, you know, possibly following his dad's footsteps that way. But that trade Bear Hill or whatever his name was, you know, with him still being pretty green, I think the guy might have a decent future if they work with him and, you know, see where it goes from there. But I gave the match a C plus. Wow. Okay. Another very generous grade, in my opinion. Um, the match was horrible. It, it really was. I mean, it wasn't even long enough for me to consider giving it, you know, real grade. Uh, Lexus King just, he just ran right over him. It, there was very, very, it was it was not competitive. Bray Hill, yeah, Bear Hill, whatever his name is. Yeah, he was, he was taken out of the breakout tournament because of a chair shot by Lexus King. And, and that's where we came to this match. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean... If it wasn't for that, this this Bear Hill guy would wouldn't be anything. Um, yes, he's a big guy. He's got this weird paint line across his face, kind of uh, buddies up to uh, Eddie Thorpe there, which I think is the only thing he's got going for him because he doesn't have much else going for him at all. And and I really don't know what to think of Lexus King because we still, I mean, we really haven't seen him in the ring with legitimate wrestlers i i want to see him you know and when we did he lost so uh you know i, I want to see him against better real competition i didn't like this at all i gave it a pull on d okay um after that we then had a the uh supernova sessions um where Lola Vice was the guest and they were interrupted by Electra Lopez and they fought and I mean Electra Lopez was looking for Lola Vice the entire night, kept stopping people, asking people, um went into the locker room and asked Ariana, um No, that's a singer. Ariana Grande is a singer. <laughs> Ariana Grace. Yeah, 
Sorry. Um, okay. <laughs> and uh, she was trying to talk herself up or whatever. And I mean, if you knew Lola Vice was going to be in this segment, it would have just maybe done better. Not that the segment was good at all, but maybe it would have just been better if Lola Vice was there. And then surprisingly, quote unquote, Electra Lopez came out. Maybe it would have been a little better. But we all knew it was going to happen, which made a bad segment even worse. This was the, just when you thought, in my opinion, the match beforehand um, couldn't bring the show down any lower. We get this. I give this a D minus. Okay, I gave it an F. I thought it was just completely stupid. It was ridiculous. Um, Lola Vice, I mean, you know they're going to have something going on at uh, Vengeance Day or whatever their next show is going to be. But I really didn't care too much for the segment. I really didn't care too much for what happened after it or during it. I mean, it was it was nice to see, you know, her passion, you know, going after her because of what happened and everything. But I just thought it was all garbage. I gave it an F. Okay. Um, and then just after that, they had an, a continuing backstage saga of Chase U, where debt collectors... Um, Kane taking everything, including the desks, the podium, and Duke Hudson's MVP trophy, um, leaving poor Andre Chase standing in an empty room all by himself. Yeah, it was so stupid. I didn't even grade it. No, either did I. Just once again, a segment that was worth, the, yep. you know, that happened. Um... We then had a matchup of Dragon Lee in a singles match against Scripps. Um, we came out with OTM, uh, and also Oba Femi was ringside for this match. Um, Trivia, what did you think of this? I thought it was a decent match. I mean, when I first saw Scripps, I looked and said, wait a minute, that used to be Reggie in the WWE. Yeah, I mean, you, he's you, got, you've said that before, yeah. Mike. Yeah. And he's, he's, you know, he's still got his acrobat, his acrobatic moves and everything. But he's, I didn't think he really could compete with, with Dragon Lee. It was a decent match. Um, you know, the right guy got the win. And then he was, you know, looking up at Obafemi. And Obafemi was just with the microphone talking way up top or wherever the hell he was. And it was it was an okay match. I gave it a B. Wow, Jesus. We are so far off on some of these grades. Um with this knowing what scripts can do in the ring, um, athletically and acrobatically, and knowing what Dragon Lee can do in the ring, I expected this to be a much better match. Um, yes, we did get a couple you know, acrobatic, you know, moves by each guy. But the match just sucked. It was not good. It, it makes me look at this and say, okay, really? It, I mean, you, you give kudos to wrestlers like 
that can wrestle with anybody and raise the level of their opponent um, and necessarily not lower their to their lesser opponent. Dragon Lee's the opposite. Yeah, he can go as quick as a lick, um, but you put him in somebody wrestling-wise that's not as talented, and he lowers his level to that. Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't like this at all. I gave it a D plus. It was just – I just expected so much more and a much better matchup. Um, the brawl outside the ring with, with the family and OTM, eh, took a little bit away from it as well. Um, almost seemed like you, you didn't care about the match. You just needed to get OTM out there so they can get attacked by the D'Angelo's. Um, and that was in response to OTM – going into the family restaurant and kind of causing havoc. Um, after that, we then had a little, once again, backstage segment with Idris Inofe and Malik Blade, where they were talking about how they were disappointed and Brindley Reese, um, Convince them to think about the positives and learn from their loss. And then she cartwheeled off. Dude, is it just me? I mean, does is I mean, I, I know Shawn Michaels, and I'll say it in quotes, is in charge of NXT, but I swear to effing God. Every time I see NXT lately, I'm thinking it's being run by Vince McMahon with these stupid, dumb, idiotic, boring backstage stories. Uh, no, it's not you. Okay. After that, we then had a singles matchup as it was Blair Davenport taking on Carmen Petrovic. Um, this matchup came to fruition after last week's debacle in the ring where Carmen eliminated Blair Davenport, who then gave Carmen a shot to the face and knocked her cold and left her in the ring, who then got tossed out by um, <laughs> Ariana Grande. <laughs> Um, and once again, just when I thought NXT couldn't get any worse, you gave me this match. I like Blair Davenport in the ring. I think she's good. I like this girl, Carmen, because she's cute, but in the ring, eh. and once again, Blair Davenport, to me, showed why she's at NXT, because her level goes down when she wrestles against the lesser competition, not elevates the lesser competition up. You know, Becky Lynch elevated Lyra Valkyria. Mm -hmm. I didn't like this at all. There was nothing good to say about this match, except I didn't give it an F. I gave it a D. Okay. I gave it a little bit better grade. I gave 
a C minus. Um, I like Blair Davenport in the ring. I think he's I think he's a good talent. Petrovich, I mean Carmen Petrovich, I mean she she's more worried about her martial arts background and, and everything else and instead of, you know, wrestling, but you made you made a good point where you know, you can't you can't get down to the level of your opponent. If your opponent's bad, then it make then then you're gonna wrestle bad. And she didn't look that good in this match, but Blair Davenport is a lot better than what she showed in this match. And I gave it a C minus. Okay. Um after that we then went to a singles matchup where it was Trick Williams taking on Josh Briggs. Um, Trick asked um, Carmelo to stay, uh, Carmelo Hayes to stay in the back, said he didn't need his help. But Ilya Dragunov was ringside for this match. Um, Trivia, what did you think about it? I thought it was a decent match. I mean, Trick has come a long way since the first time I saw him in, uh, in the match, uh, in his matches. Josh Briggs, well, he's just a big boy. I've seen him before in Northeast Wrestling. Uh, he was very green back then, but he he's improved his game a lot. I I thought it was a decent match. Uh, the presence of Ilya Dragunov outside the ring kind of, <clears throat> what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of, um, I don't want to say fired up Trick Williams, but kind of, you know, made the impression that, you know, paid a chance to watch it. And I just thought it was a decent match. I give it a B plus. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hate the match. Um, I didn't love it. I, I, I still think Trick Williams is is a little. I know you have in the past think that he he's going to be something big on the main roster. Um, I, I still think he's he's well away from that. Uh, I think the perfect time for Trick Williams is going to be when Carmelo Hayes finally moves up to the main roster, which I think is just right around the corner. And this will give Trick Williams truly a chance to be on his own, to prove what he can do and what he can be. Uh, I mean, he's a fan favorite just because of his music. The only thing annoying about his music is Booker T going, what? Oh, hey there. You know, Dern, you know, just, just can't take it, can't take it. Um, you know, Josh Briggs, big boy. Um, off on his own is separated from his little group that he had, um, <clears throat> you know, with Fallon Henley and uh, I can't remember the guy's name right now. His mind just jumped out of my head. Um, but yeah, it was an okay match. I, I gave it a B. Um, the little, you know, Carmelo coming out and kind of attacking Ilya Dragunov, almost causing Trick Williams to lose. Um, and then the little arguing and the pushing and shoving between the two of them. Okay, how are they going to be next week as a tag team? Well, that'll be it. This is where they have their final confrontation. They'll have some mix up there. Then they'll just wind up having a fight at Vengeance Day, and that's it. We'll no longer see Carmelo Hayes in NXT. All right. Um, after that, guess what? We had another backstage segment where Kelly Kincaid was interviewing um, Ridge Holland, how after his matchup, he was beaten down by all of Gallus, and there was nobody there to help him. And he then said, 
he'll take on, he'll fight all of Dallas without any help. So I guess we're going to see a three-on-one handicap tag team match because we know a true handicap match <laughs> that doesn't happen in WWE anymore unless you're Omos fighting the popcorn vendor and soda machine jerk. All right. After that, we then went to, I guess, was the main event of the evening. It wasn't a match, but it was the contract signing between Lyra Valkyria and Roxanne Perez for their match at Vengeance Day. Um, I get the lead off with this. Um, the old, the, the young stiff, um, Ava, the new general manager, kind of, I guess, was the moderator. Um, and there was a little, you know, verbal jousting back and forth between Roxanne and, and Lyra. Um, it was pretty good. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't think either one of them are great on the mic, but they're, they're both pretty good. I, I think Roxanne may have been a, a little, a little better and, and just, but when, when you look at the two of them and I mean, Ava's not seven feet tall. She's not really six feet tall either, but just the, the size of these two quote unquote little girls in the ring um, eh, was, was just kind of, kind of, you know, humorous. Um, after they both signed a contract, they then, you know, went around and, and on the other side of the table and got into each other's faces and, uh, you know, the champ goes to leave the ring and Roxanne starts to kind of walk behind her. I thought we were going to get the cheap shot by Roxanne, but no. Tatum Paxley crawls out from under the the uh, the table and gives a cheap shot to Roxanne Perez and puts her through the table. And Lyra Valkyria then gets in Tatum's face. And all this is going to come down to Vengeance Day, where Tatum Paxley, on purpose, causes Lyra Valkyria to lose her match. Um, the writing's already on the wall. Vince, get the fuck out of NXT is all I'm going to say. Um, but for a contract signing, it was a little bit better than average. I'll give it a C+. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, this is going to be a good match. I mean, Roxanne Perez, former champion, Lyra Valkyria has the uh, has the title. This Tatum Paxley just she's just annoying. I mean, she just needs to, you know, stay out of Lyra's business. And you know, like you said, she's I can see her costing Lyra the title um, at Vengeance Day. But as far as, you know, the mic goes, yeah, neither one of them are real good on the mic, but if I'd have to give the uh, the edge, I would give it to Roxanne, definitely. But uh, I, I think this is going to be a real good match. I gave it a C-plus as well. Okay. So overall, what do you think? C-plus, I would grade. What? C-plus. C-plus overall? Yeah. Okay. Um... I can't. I, I can't even give it even that quote-unquote high of a grade. 
Um, it was just, this was, once again, Monday Night Raw was worst, I'll say worst Monday Night Raw of the year, because I mean, we've only had three of them, four of them, three of them. Um, but this was the worst NXT I've seen in months. This was bad. It was just a bad show from, I mean, it started out so good with, with the uh, tag match and then never even got anything above a C for me, except for the contract sign. And I was C plus. So that was my, I mean, overall, I mean, I, I, I'll give it like a, a 69.49, you know, so you kind of round it up to a 69.5, which kind of rounds yeah. it up to a very, very, very low C minus to a very high D plus. Very disappointing. Okay. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we got, and that's our NXT recap. And finally, a premium live event. It's been so long since we've seen one. Oh, God, so say long. it one more time, please. It's like you said, every show. And, I mean, God level. forbid we give some superstars some time off with their families because yeah. you want a premium live event every month. Well, I used to see them every month. They used to have them every month. But uh, this is the start of the Big Four. Um, this is the road to WrestleMania. I'm looking forward. I mean, there's only four matches, but I still think it's going to be a good Royal Rumble. I think we're going to see some long Royal Rumble matches. I mean, uh, I think both Royal Rumble matches are going to be long. And uh, I don't see immediate uh, eliminations right away. But I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be a good Royal Rumble, even though there's four matches. Hopefully, they might add one more. We don't know. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, but I really think it's going to be a good Royal Rumble. Without without giving away, because, I mean, for those who don't know, we will be doing a prediction show on, on Saturday, 5 p.m. Eastern. Um, one of the predictions that we do is, you know, you're a surprise entry, which is realistically anybody that's not declared or been named ahead of our prediction show is, quote-unquote, a surprise. So, who, what, is there one person, I'll, I'll say wrestler, that if, was a surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble that you would really say, holy shit. I mean, is there that even in the back of your head? Or is it? does it have to be somebody that you're not thinking of that would be in it that would really have to be that, oh my God, holy shit, I can't believe they're in the Rumble. Right, I know, I know, but, right. Yeah. But, I mean, really? other than that, I mean... That would be you your... Know, I'm so... I guess I, I, I phrased the question wrong, but, like, an excited, holy shit surprise. Because, to me, that would be a... 
Really? Fucking Matt Cardona? You know, I, I mean, I, I'm going to be honest with you. If Sasha Banks returns to WWE and is in the Royal Rumble, that will be it for me. You have to pick your kid up off the floor. Well, kind of, sort of, but um, on the men's side, it would have to be an MJF. That would really be the, oh my God, I really can't fucking believe he's here. I still don't think it would be the right time for MJF to come into WWE. I think he could still accomplish a lot more in AEW and and wait a few years, sign like a three-year contract and at the age of 28 when he still hasn't even really having even hit his prime. Um, if he wants to dabble into WWE then, um, more than happy to take you on then. But as of right now, I think personally, I don't think it would make sense for him. But those two would be the, holy shit, you know, Triple H really, really is going out um, and and really doing what he can to improve the roster and 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 make a you know a bang. Yeah, I agree. So. Yeah, but, you know, like Greg said, we're doing our prediction show this Saturday, 5 p.m., um, and it's the Royal Rumble, the road to WrestleMania, so hopefully it's, it'll start off um, the first the first premium live event of the year. going to be a good one, hopefully, um, and we'll just have to see what WWE is going to do, who they're going to bring out for surprises, and see how well the match and the, and the whole show goes. So, anything else, Greg? Uh, nothing that we need to talk about on Facebook, but, uh, you know, got a couple of things to talk about off the air. All righty. So, with that being said, on behalf of the Nuxer Greg, this is the illustrious Mr. Trivia for the Top Rope Report, saying thank you all for tuning in, and we'll catch us all on Sunday. Saturday. Oh, Saturday, excuse me. Saturday, correct.